0: You'll be energized by lots of practical tips, inspiring you to live a truly satisfying and meaningful life. Welcome to Positivity Strategist Podcast, and hello from me, your host, Robin stratenberg Kessel. and thank you so very much for listening in today. Now, today's show is the fifth in the series of five short episodes that I created to focus on specific practices to grow more positivity in your life and your life at home, your life at work and your life in community. And I was inspired to put these five shows together because it was the holiday period and we've just been transitioning into a new year. Now, this can be a demanding time for many of us and when we're under a little stress there's the tendency to default to some old negative patterns. For example, we can revert to a scarcity mindset, meaning we have this kind of self-talk that goes on that says, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough money, and I don't have a whatever you care to name the resource. And in addition, these negative patterns can also play up as deficiencies like I don't have enough talent or I don't have enough love, I don't have enough support, I don't have enough education, I don't have enough help and so on. So my objective has been to flip the lens from scarcity and deficiencies to focus on what you have already and the most effective way to flip the switch is to tap into your positive emotions And when you access these positive emotions, you open up to possibilities, opportunities, your strengths surface, and you become more understanding of others. Your perspective widens, and your relationships seem and are so much easier. So if you've been listening to the previous four episodes, and from your own knowledge and background, you know that we have a negativity bias wired into us from way back in those early days when we had to be alert for dangers that came to us from the wild in the form of lions and tigers. And you'll know that the negative emotion of fear, while it's highly useful for our safety and learning, it can also get in the way of experiencing life when in fact there's no real fear but imagined fear. Now negativity creeps into your self-talk and your conversations with others resulting in discomfort, distress and over the long term we know that negativity impacts your health and can lead to disease. In addition, you can fall into the blame game and feel all is lost And in your despair, you have this sense of there's just no hope. You fall into a negative state of hopelessness. And so that's the topic of this last positivity boost in the mini series. I'm focusing on the positive emotion of hope. Now, why hope? Well, hope is one of the eight positive states that Professor Barbara Fredrickson has identified in her 20-plus years of research into positive emotions that increase our joy and well-being. The other seven are gratitude, serenity, interest, pride, amusement, inspiration, and awe. And it's hope that boosts your positivity when things have taken a turn for the worst. Now we know that life is both suffering and joy. Adversity and unintended circumstances can strike us in many ways. It could be in the form of illness, your illness or someone close to you. It could be in the form of loss, the loss of a loved one or loss of a job or loss of a dream Or it could be in the form of natural disasters such as fires or floods, earthquakes or mudslides. Or you've just plain lost your own mojo. You spiral downward and possibly into despair. And it's hope that ultimately lifts you to see that other possibilities still exist. You acknowledge things can change. Now, hope allows you to imagine a different future. Without hope, you are frozen into powerlessness. Hope is a yearning for something better. Now, as I mention these adversities in these three different areas, illness, loss and natural disaster, I've actually experienced them all. And I'm going to tell you three different stories of my experiences and how hope Got me through. So, when I was diagnosed with stage four cancer, it was the vision I held of my healthy future and the support I had from my oncologist and my supportive family that got me through. I briefly tell this story in a blog post, and I'm going to read you an excerpt from that. So, I start off with saying, as someone who likes to question the status quo, when I was diagnosed, I made my own increase and conducted research looking for alternatives to chemotherapy and radiation. However, with increasing, albeit loving, pressure from my family and healthcare professionals, I was strongly urged to capitulate and do what the doctor prescribed. So decision day came, and with my husband, I met with the doctor. I asked very directly, so if you prescribe that I go through all of this, what will my life be like in five years? Now the doctor looked at me as if I was a crazy woman and he replied in the most spontaneous, genuine, almost naive, flabbergasted way. He said, well, I expect you'll be leading a full active life just as you are now. Well, I laughed out loud. I did not expect such a positive uplifting and convincing response. I was immediately shifted out of my state of suspicion, distrust and despair and negativity to one of hope and possibility. By his very response, I could see a future. He gave me a vision of my life in five years in a way that I could connect to and relate to. Okay, I said in an upbeat way, I'm yours. I surrendered, it was simple, I was committed and I was prepared to do the work. So from that moment on, I shifted my entire being to one of getting well and never bemoaning any part of it. Throughout the months of treatment, I looked upon my caregivers, both professional and personal, as the most supportive, loving, positive contributors who were there to support and ensure my future health and wellness. It was a time of great personal strengthening. Now, there's another example that I'd like to offer you and that is dealing with a loss. Now, this was extremely challenging for me and very different from the terminal illness that I just described. So it goes to show that each challenge we have is different and takes its toll in different ways. But fundamentally, there is this one underpinning that I believe in and it's having this positive image of a future and the supportive environment to enable it to happen. So this story is about the loss of a dream, a dream that I held for 20 or more years that was about my husband and my future and it was about returning to Australia to live in my late father's gorgeous apartment overlooking Sydney Harbour. However, I was not the sole inheritor of this property, and the other owner insisted on selling it. Now I couldn't afford to buy the other person out, so I lost my dream. And I confessed to being so sad and in despair of that loss for many months. But over time, and by working on a new vision of the future, I found new hope in a different future. And the most synchronous happening is that my dad's apartment was in a building called Tara. And the new dream resulted in finding a new property that happened to be also called Tara, except it wasn't in Australia, it was in the United States. Now my last story The last example is to demonstrate my personal experience of hope during a natural disaster, and it was a hurricane, when our lives and home were at huge risk. And I can honestly say that I had the most palpable experience of hope during 3.5 days of living in a shelter. I worked so hard to hold only positive images of the future. And when the hurricane passed... And we were so fortunate that it wasn't as dire as they had predicted. When my husband and I were walking home from the shelter after the curfew had been lifted, we were holding each other's hands so tight and as we rounded the corner to our street and saw trees fallen across the road, there it was, we saw our house still standing. And our neighbours' houses were still standing. And the tears of joy poured down my cheeks. So here are three very different stories of my experiences with hope. And I know you'll have your own. And I'll let you know at the end of the, the show how you might be able to share your stories of hope. Because I would love to hear them. And I tell you, it's very cathartic to share them. Now, in the worldview of appreciative inquiry, there are guiding principles which suggest that positive imagery evokes positive emotions and positive emotions move us toward a choice for positive actions. Now, there are many examples through history that demonstrate this principle of positive image, positive future. And I'm thinking of the work of and the life of Viktor Frankl and Howard Zinn Martin Luther King Jr., Nelson Mandela, and there are many others. And I want to quote um, from Howard Zinn because I think it's kind of on topic with what, we're, what I'm, I'm illustrating here in this podcast. So here's the beginning of the quote. We need hope, he says. An optimist isn't necessarily a blithe, slightly sappy whistler in the dark of our time. To be hopeful in bad times is not just foolishly romantic. It is based on the fact that human history is a history not only of cruelty but also of compassion, sacrifice, courage and kindness. What we choose to emphasise in this complex history will determine our lives. So let me turn to how we live with greater hope. And as Howard Zinn says, where you put your attention is key. So allow yourself to grieve or mourn your loss or your pain and then find within you the resolve to begin to shift your attention from what's wrong with my world to what's right with my world. History has shown that those people who had faith in an image of a positive future are the ones who are most able to surmount the worst possible odds. Now where does this image of a positive future come from? It comes from accessing the memories of the times in the past when things were going right. You tap into your own strengths and successes from the past to help you move towards something better in the future, to rediscover the source of your dreams that are within your heart. That is your source of hope. And let me quote Howard Zinn again. So he says... If we see only the worst, it destroys our capacity to do something. If we remember those times and places, and there are so many, where people have behaved magnificently, this gives us the energy to act, and at least the possibility of sending this spinning top of a world into a different direction. And if we do act, in however a small way, we don't have to wait for some grand utopian future. The future is an infinite succession of presents and to live now as we think human beings should live in defiance of all that is bad around us is itself a marvellous victory. So let me shift now to some of the practice, how we can practice hope, this positive emotion of hope. So it starts with a belief, a belief that whatever the hardship of the past and the present, you still have a life ahead of you, a belief that you will grow from adversity. When you believe it, you will see it. A second thought is to make an inventory of your skills and your talents and your strengths. And recall a memory of how you overcame difficulties in the past by accessing your skills and your talents and your strengths. Now, if you've lost your dream, it's time to set some new goals or give yourself some time first and then set some new goals and be bold to imagine a new vision or dream for yourself. And as you get clearer about your goals and write them down, notice how they become more real for you. And the last I'll say is invest in connecting with people and resources that inspire you. So my three personal stories I think are illustrative of these practices that I've just outlined. And of course there are so many more. I trust you found something of value in these last five episodes where I've focused on five positive emotions to boost your positivity. Now, I'd love for you to share your stories of hope and you can comment on the show notes pages for this episode to do that. And that page is positivitystrategist.com slash PS84. That's the episode number 84. And you'll also find links on that page to some of the resources that I've mentioned in this episode. Now you might be inspired to record a message on the SpeakPipe app that you'll find on my podcast homepage and so let me give you that link. It's positivitystrategist.com slash podcast and on the right hand side you'll see a little widget there that says SpeakPipe and you you can record straight into that. I'd love to hear from you in that way. And while I'm making a range of suggestions to encourage your engagement, let me also suggest that you might want to go to iTunes and give Positivity Strategist a star rating and a review. And I promise you that will definitely boost your positivity and mine. so you can be notified of new episodes by email links to all these suggestions are available on positivitystrategist.com forward slash podcast thank you for listening and remember what you focus on grows so grow towards your best